I sat in my car for a good five minutes staring into the window of a florist shop. That committee that meets in your head was having a heated debate. I was there, I was running an errand for my mother-in-law. She had asked if, uh, I said I was going to visit someone in our family who was in the hospital. And she said, would you buy flowers? I said, sure. I love flowers. I love giving flowers. So best kind of errand possible. So the committee was saying, well, you can buy flowers for your mother-in-law, but maybe you should get a bouquet from your family too. And then other people on the committee were saying, you know what? Just running this errand and showing up is enough. No, you could be bringing two bouquets. No, I'm running an errand. That's generous. And I'm going to go visit someone and just be in their presence in a really creepy environment, which is the hospital. <laughs> that's good enough. And that's what won out. Because it's hard for me, and it may be hard for some of you to go, I'm enough. Generosity of my time, my presence is enough. I grew up in a family where that wasn't enough and we were a little over generous in giving. And I've had to learn that that actually is a form of um, not generosity. It's more about me than the person I'm giving to. So this month, we look at themes and this month's theme is generosity. The children are going to be looking at it and we will too. So let's start with a working definition of generosity. Just a very simple one, which is giving without having any expectation of receiving how that generosity might be taken. I don't know about you, but I realize that I often have strings, always, almost always, (laughs) um, have strings with my generosity. I expect a thank you you know, a nod. Um, So in reality, I'm not generous without any attachments. I want you to recognize how generous I am and thank me. And So to be truly generous means to give without expecting the gift to be taken well or understood or acknowledged. The Jewish tradition considers generosity that is anonymous, so no one even knows you've done it, the highest form of generosity. I have a ways to go. Um, There are two social scientists at Notre Dame who have been culling the scientific social science research about generosity and have started the Science of Generosity Institute. And their study and research shows that there's actually two paradoxes involved in generosity. And one paradox is we give to hopefully make the other person feel better, but the reality is giving makes us feel better. 
And they go on in their book called The Paradox of Generosity about this path to happiness, that the more you're generous, you're actually happier. And generosity does not have to be money. That's often what we think of immediately when we talk about generosity, but your time, your talents. You can be generous with silence. Okay, I'm not going to criticize you now. I will hold my tongue. That's a form of generosity. The other paradox is, so it makes us feel good to give, so we would want to give more because it makes us feel good. And they say we're really not as generous as we think. So even though it makes us feel good, we don't do it freely and often enough. So what's that about? I'm aware of how I structure my day and my time that I often come across as busy. In fact, people will say, oh, I don't want to bother you, you're busy. And I thought, well, that's, that's my communicating somehow that I am not generous with my time. One of the um, quotes had to do with that receiving is the flip side of giving, of being generous. That those two go hand in hand. And I wonder if we are not as good at being generous because there have been times in our childhood or experience where our gifts have not been well received. I don't know if I want to give you a gift because you might not like it. It might not be the book you want to read or the movie you want to see. Someone stepped on my toes last time I did that, so I'm not going to try again. The reading by Mark Ewart about generosity from his book, The Path of Generosity, he talks about how you have to be vulnerable. So being generous is vulnerability in action. I'm going to give you something, and without those strings attached, you can receive it how you wish. And then James Baldwin, who literally had to flee this country because he knew he couldn't be black and creative, and he knew he couldn't be black, gay, and creative, moved to Paris and continued writing from over the ocean how difficult it is to be an outsider in this country. So that little blurb that we read for the second reading, he's talking about the risk involved in receiving and being generous. And there is, there's a risk. There's a risk in receiving, a risk in giving. I don't know about you, but sometimes when someone gives me a compliment, my response is to be immediately dismissive. This old thing? Oh, I haven't cut. No, I didn't cut my hair. Oh, I just took a shower. Oh, that was no big deal. I just do that for everyone. And someone once told me that when someone gives you a compliment, you look nice. That was such a helpful thing you did for me. 
I could not have moved on if you had not done that, that all of those are like a beautifully wrapped package complete with hidden scotch tape so you can't see that it's wrapped and a beautifully done bow and not just curled ribbon but a beautiful bow that that's what a compliment a generosity of spirit is and any time we're dismissive we are in effect saying I don't want your damn gift I don't care how beautifully packed it is but that automatic response to be dismissive of that generous exchange is uh, I don't know rooted in our uh, cultural independence and also that vulnerability how dare I have a need to be acknowledged how dare I have a need at all I've been sitting in on our, our small group discussions and house meetings and what makes that hard is we have to say uh, I might have some needs in my life and that's what makes us human and vulnerable is acknowledging that we have needs and I need you to be generous to me and I'll return the favor so I have an experiment are you game too bad you're in (laughs) I have uh, an envelope for every single one of you. Take one. Families each take one. And what I want you to do is not open the envelope yet, but merely notice how it feels to receive something you weren't expecting. Are you cynical? Are you doubtful? Do you think something might jump out? Could be money. Ha! Maybe we won the lottery and we didn't tell you. Maybe it's one of those corny quotes she always gives us. But I just want you to notice what it feels like to receive something you weren't expecting. Oh, I need one. I want one. I want one. I'm going to take one. Thanks. I took two. Just take one. So when everyone has one, let's open them up. I'm done. No. <laughs> so what I want you to notice is what was your response once you found out what it was? Yay, five dollars or only five dollars? <laughs> That's not gonna get me much. This money comes from Um, Hope Church well actually it comes from our foundation there's a separate entity just so you know 
that has money that people over the years have been very generous giving. And we don't spend that money, or the foundation doesn't spend the capital, we'll use the proper term, but they do give to the church the earnings from the investment. So this money isn't coming from Hope's budget. No one is going to get $5 less um, salary or we're not going to stop buying coffee. Well, no. No, we won't stop buying coffee, I promise. And it comes from, I don't know if everyone knows that most religious institutions do this, but Hope certainly does, has a minister's discretionary fund. So part of our flying together in V formation is taking care of those in need. So if someone is caught short in their life, has unexpected circumstances, they can privately come to me. That's the minister part. And the discretionary part is the private part. And say, I can't make this month's rent. Or... I think I need some counseling and I don't know where to begin and I don't have the funds for that. How I've used the fund, uh, there are people who come up the hill all the time wanting support and Maggie fields uh, a lot of calls. And with my committee on ministry and Maggie and others, I have discussions about who do we help, who do we not, we can't help everyone, how do we draw a line? So people who come up, if I meet them and they have a story, I've heard some pretty wild stories and I've heard some that are uh, repeated that don't make any sense, but I have driven with people down to the gas station and used my discretionary fund to help them fill up. Or I have gone down there with them and bought food. So I won't give anyone money, but I trust you all. I bought uh, Christmas gifts for a family that was in dire straits this Christmas. So thank you for your generosity and for the foundation's generosity. So that's what this $5, this is where it comes from. I'm asking you to help me. So this is, this, our, our money is not wiping out that discretionary fund in the least. But I'm asking you to help others. I'm asking you to help use that discretionary fund. And there are absolutely no rules. So I want you to pay close attention to what you do. You can give this $5 to that person behind you in line and say, would you give this $5 towards their bill? Or maybe you know someone for whom $5 will make a huge difference. Or you can get really creative and say, okay, 10 of us are going to get together and we'll have 50 bucks and we're going to X, Y, Z with it. But I want you to pay attention what it feels like to be generous with money that's not yours, that, that you didn't earn, that is now yours. To get creative. Notice, notice if you keep this in your wallet looking for that perfect moment. And then a month from now you realize, oh, it's still in my purse. That we often want our generosity to be perfect in some way. So this is our experiment in noticing. There is no right or wrong. It's about 
who you are and what your relationship is to generosity, to money, to others. Just a little experiment. A kind of um, reverse communion. Giving to you. I think what I'll do is put up on the um, glass out there is a, I'll put a big piece of paper and as you use your $5, if you use your $5, and let me say you can keep, if you're the one that needs this generosity, then be generous to yourself. So I'll put a piece of paper up there, and if you feel so moved, write what you did with it, or email me, or email the church, this is what I did, and this is what happened, and we'll share them. May it be so.